Welcome to Disney Versus, where only tongueless cretins don't like mango. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. Grace isn't here today, but I have a very special guest that I'm excited is here with me today. Uh, we are going to talk about Disney's newest animated feature, Raya and the Last Dragon, that just dropped in theaters and on Disney+. Today, my guest is Deanna Franklin from the Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust podcast. How are you, Deanna? I'm doing great. It's good to be back on a Disney podcast after <laughs> has been a while for me. <laughs> Tell them about Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust right quick. Okay. Um, well, my friends and I started Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust um, a little bit after like, we went on a Disney trip, and then we were like, we should just like on the regular talk about everything we love about Disney, um, and we came up with this idea. Um, we, I forget how many episodes we have. I think it's around 50-something, 50 some, 50 and then uh, we've kind of been on a hiatus. The pandemic has kind of taken a hit at us because it's, like, taken up people's schedules and changed everyone's lives around, so we're kind of on a hiatus for now, but hopefully we'll be back um, sometime soon. I'm just waiting on my fellow co-host to have their schedules free up so we can get back to doing that um our social media is uh ftpd underscore podcast on twitter and we're faith trust and pixie dust uh dash podcast on facebook and then my personal twitter is uh at dna790 and you can also sometimes find me on the podcast slash twitch channel one geek 411 um we also have uh social medias under one geek 411 which is my husband's podcast with his friends and they do a lot of geek, geeky like general geeky type talks and streams and we have a D stream so there's kind of a lot going on i'm all over the place sort of <laughs> okay i knew your co-host personally because i went to school with them like i had never met you and then i started <laughs> listening to the podcast and i'm like oh this is so cool <laughs> subscribe yeah. automatically a fan i know so. these people yeah <laughs> And Deanna's cool, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I did an episode with you guys, what, in... Oh, man. Was it was, it? like, last summer, I think. Yeah. In, like, July, maybe? Or June or July. We I did, like, so. Muppets. Yeah, we did the Muppet movie, and that was when we were about to start our Muppet bracket, but then pandemic happened, and then... Uh, yeah. We pushed that back, and we're still in the middle of that, so... Yeah, it's kind of shaking everybody up. <laughs> yeah scheduling life happens life comes out too fast but i'm really glad that you're here i've been trying to do a crossover for a minute and Mm -hmm. glad we could get you on before we get to news what are you watching um let's see lately i've just started watching in with an e on netflix which i'm a few seasons behind apparently (laughs) but that's been really enjoyable because i used to watch the anne of green gables movie or movies, I think, when I was a kid. And so it's kind of nice to come back to it in this, like, um, new way of seeing it as a TV show. And, like, it's filmed a little bit differently and the acting's a little bit different, but, like, the, the story's still there and it's really great. Um, also been watching on Disney Plus the 616 series, which is about... It's kind of like little... Um, documentaries about different aspects of comics like the first episode is about in Japan they have their kind of own version of Spider-Man and how that happened and then the next one I think is about kind of how 
women started getting more and more like female superheroes that were actually good superheroes like Captain Marvel and things like that. Um, so that was uh, pretty inspiring. And they have a couple like random ones. So it's sort of like things that have happened because of comics, I think, and of Marvel comics specific- specifically. That's been interesting. Um, WandaVision was amazing. Yes, it was. Oh my it was god, so good. Heather, one of the former hosts of this show, uh, we've been talking. Me and uh, a friend of ours had been talking about WandaVision because we were watching it weekly, mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, "I'm gonna wait until it's over with to binge the whole thing." And we're like, "Why?" So she started binging it last night and was texting us like a play-by-play. It was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that show has been kind of interesting because it's been weekly. It's given people time to make up all these theories for what mm-hmm. they think is going to happen next, and I think a lot of those theories didn't quite pan out. And None but of it's them like, out, except yeah, for one, except one. But it was like, but that's okay because it's we don't need to make it too crazy. But it kind of was like brought. I think like I love the binge watching thing because it's just like you see it all at once. But at the same time, it's kind of fun. Like, as geeks, one of the fun things we do is theorize about what we think is going to happen next. And when they come out like that, you have, like, a whole week to just discuss things. And, like, ooh, get excited about it. Even if you don't quite get what you're excited about, still, like, that whole process is fun to do as as nerds. (laughs) Yeah. And it keeps the show kind of in the zeitgeist a little bit longer because, like, Mm -hmm. you know, streamable show or bingeable shows that are all just dropped at once. You know, they're gone, they're they're there, they're talked about for maybe two, three weeks, and then we're on to the next thing. WandaVision had the nation's attention for a good, you know, two months. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing. And, and Mandalorian's I, done that, too. Exactly, where it's like, Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's kind of makes you impatient because you're used to binge-watching, but it, it does kind of, like, have a heavier landing in mm-hmm. pop culture when it kind of draws itself out like that. Yeah, and I've I've fallen off with binging things because I don't have time after work and everything. So having, I barely have time too. Yeah, having a weekly show number one has made me look forward to Fridays because it's like okay, mm-hmm. sleeping in, but as soon as I get up, it's Wandavision time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like ah, made it to Friday, time to watch Wandavision. Yeah, for us it's been like it was like okay, I get off work and then my husband gets off work and it's like okay, it's time to get some food and watch Wandavision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be just the just the same. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that, but I've also realized that I need to go back and watch the Captain America movies because turns out those are the ones that I've only seen once. Oh, wow. I don't know why. I think I just really like the more fantastical kind of Avengers and the less like I'm just strong and I can punch things. Like I'm like yeah. I like the ones that can like fly and have all kinds of weird powers and stuff. Like I love Captain America, but it's just like the content is like not quite my like frame of interest, I guess. But I'm like I need to go back and watch these because my husband will say a name of a character. I'm like, who was that? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I need to I need a refresher before hopefully before the the series comes out, so I have like a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need Cap- to watch those again. Cap is the most like normal Avenger. Like if yeah. you're not into the super fantastic stuff, you can watch Captain America and be just fine. Like even Iron mm-hmm. Man, there's a lot of science and tech stuff. It's like, wait, how did he do? But Captain America is it's very basic, very easily to digest. Mm-hmm. 
speaking of Marvel characters, what I've been watching, uh, I went back and watched Guardians of the Galaxy yesterday. Oh, good one. I hadn't watched it in a while. I watched um, Volume 2, like, around New Year's. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking the other day, like, I haven't, because I've been playing, I've also been playing Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. Fun. <laughs> and they're a big part of that. And I was like, I haven't watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in a good minute. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, Those are fun to dance to. <laughs> yeah, they are. I I forgot how good those movies were i mean i'm not the biggest fan of two but number one is so good mm-hmm. so. and bringing it back to disney once more mm. we're waiting on that guardians of the galaxy coaster in florida um at epcot it's like it's there they've i think they've tested it but it's an indoor ride so it's kind of like secret we're like it's over there we can't really see it it's just a giant building yeah there's like but, a dome on top of it yeah it's just a huge thing but um we my friend Clary, Corey, and another friend of ours actually have already booked our October trip, so we're like praying that that <laughs> opens by the time we go, so that we can ride that. But we'll see. <laughs> okay. I uh, also started reading Sunny Days, which is a book about uh, how Sesame Street and you know Mister Rogers and the basically the big shows that were that started that started a revolution of children's television on public broadcasting and on, Hmm. you know, PBS. And it's really interesting right now how, like, I'm I'm in the very beginning of the book, but it's talking about how, you know, Fred Rogers got his start and Captain Kangaroo was like, no guns on my show, no, no violence on the show, no Mm -hmm. guns or violence in the advertisement, no, uh, no kids toys with guns on them. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, you're either we're either gonna have these certain toys or we're gonna pull your funding and he's like well okay (laughs) and like he stood his ground and they blinked he didn't and it's really cool that's awesome i'm a beginner fan of you know i'm like a level two fan of muppets (laughs) and everything Uh and i'm just now getting into the well not level two but like the making of the muppets and everything and their origins Mm -hmm. so i'm starting to read more and more books about like how did this happen you're like getting into the lore of the Muppets kind of thing you've gone beyond just watching the show and you're getting into like all the backstories and stuff yeah I read Jim (laughs) I read the book on Jim Henson that came out a couple years ago so now I'm getting into like the the shows and stuff so Sesame Street is as good a place as any to start I feel like that's a good tell like when you know you're really a fan is like okay you can watch the show and enjoy it but it's like you're truly a fan I feel like when you start digging for more outside of just that thing like either watching how it's made documentaries or just looking up trivia and getting excited about random things about it that nobody else knows and you're like exactly okay he's like you're really in it now (laughs) yeah like i want to go to a muppet production and be like okay how high is the floor because yeah everyone has to be like this and with the screens on their chest they have to have their hands up in the air it's it's i want to see what it looks like i bet it's Mm -hmm. silly but necessary. Yep. Let's talk about some news right quick before we get to uh, Raya. Mm-hmm. Golden Globes happened, and mm-hmm. Soul was the winner of Best Animated Feature and Best Original Score, which I loved. Well-deserved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially Score. Yeah. 
like of the of the nominees, I don't think anybody had anywhere close to as good or as versatile a score as Soul did. And wasn't the person who wrote the score was I can't which talk show host does he have music for? Is uh, it Fallon or Are you talking about John Baptiste? Yeah. I don't know if he does the music for Fallon. I'm like he's on like isn't he on something? I'm going to Google that real quick. <laughs> Trent, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and John Batiste did the did the score for Soul. And they're the first, I know I've tweeted this multiple times, the, Soul is the first Disney or Pixar movie to win animated, or best original score since mm-hmm. Up in 19, and sorry, in 2009. And it's the sixth Disney uh, movie to win best original score with Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, you know, the big four, mm-hmm. and then Up. Yeah, maybe what I was looking for, maybe it wasn't the score, maybe it was a different piece in the movie that somebody did. I was like, oh, it was John, John B- Batiste. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. And he's uh, Colbert. He's Colbert's buddy. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm like, what, what did he do? Yeah, I, okay. I had scarcely heard of him. Here and there before Soul, mm-hmm. but like I'm a fan now. Thank goodness. I guess he's like the one that most people have heard of that yeah. had a hand in the movie. That's like, oh him, yeah. They announced nominees for the Annie Awards, and uh, Onward was nominated for Best Animated Feature, Character Animation, Music, Production Design, Voice Acting for Tom Holland, mm-hmm. Writing and Editorial, and then Soul was nominated for Best Animated Feature, uh, Animated Effects, Character Animation, Character Design, Directing, Music, Production Design, Storyboarding, Writing, and Editorial. And correct me if I'm wrong, the Annie Award is like a public service award. It's like they provided some sort of like positive cultural impact i think is Not, kind of what the Emmy, or am i thinking of a different award i think you're thinking of a different awards i think the annie awards are strictly animation like all it's all animated uh movies or animated content okay that those awards are for it's like it's like the grammys but more respected okay. and just animation okay so and now I'm going to look up what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's like thinking of opposite things today, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think soul, all of these awards are souls to lose. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's 10 nominations for, uh, for soul. And I wouldn't be surprised if they came away with all 10. Cause I, me personally, I'm looking, I'm thinking forward to the, the, uh, the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I think it has best animated feature locked up. I'm hoping it gets nominated for Best Picture because mm. that would be, you know, the big achievement that it would get denied. And people are like, yeah, this is one of the best movies of the year. Maybe it's the, well, I don't know. I'll look, I'll figure it out later. Some Someone out in the ether, like, if you yeah. know what I'm talking about, let me know. <laughs> and then the last bit of news is uh, some casting news for Disney's Pinocchio live action movie oh. dealy uh-huh. Cynthia Erivo who played Harriet Tubman in the Harriet movie oh. has been cast as the blue fairy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt 
from Inception and 500 Days of Summer and... and 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was in that one. He was a baby uh, in that. Baby JGL <laughs> has been cast as Jiminy Cricket oh. <laughs> to join Tom Hanks as Geppetto, Luke Evans as The Coachman, and Keegan-Michael Key as Honest John in the, the live-action film that's going to be directed and co-written by Robert Zemeckis. I wonder how they're going to handle Pinocchio in today's world. <laughs> I mean... There's a lot of, like, smoking and gambling and kids getting turned into donkeys. I'm like, uh, this is kind of... Uh, I think you not, still... It's different today. Yeah. There, I mean, there are some things that you can do to kind of... You know, I mean, the kid can still get turned into a donkey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to show kids smoking and stuff, though. Right. <laughs> Especially in, you know, a, in a 2021 or 2020s era mm-hmm. Disney movie. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm interested to see what how they're going to spin this. Or do we know if it's going to be set, like, back, like, in the past or if it's going to be modern, like a modernized Pinocchio? I think it's going to be set in the, you know, in the past because mm. what does a coachman mean in – you know, True. <laughs> what is a coachman? How many, Uber. <laughs> how many? Yeah. How many kids know what a coachman is now? True. True. And I'm really excited to see Cynthia Arrivo as the Blue Fairy. I think she's super talented. I saw her in uh, Harriet and mm-hmm. uh, Widows with uh, Viola Davis, and she's she's very good. And I also know her as the person that stopped Philippa Sue from winning a Tony. So, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So if she got a Tony, so what uh what uh musical or what's she in? I wanna say the color purple. That yeah. I've seen I've seen that one when it came through Dallas. That mm-hmm. one's really good. My sister saw it I think she went to and saw it on Broadway. Oh, and nice. she said it was she said it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I mean everything's better on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> you I guess mean. the tours are a good supplement, but yeah. <laughs> I mean I enjoyed the Aladdin tour. That was, oh, that was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, me too. And I think The Lion King is good wherever you see it. <laughs> just see The Lion King. Yeah. It doesn't matter where. Just go see it. They could be performing at a McDonald's, and I know it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so. True. All right. Yeah, that'll be an interesting remake. I'm still waiting on Little Mermaid, guys. You cast it a long time ago. Where is it? <laughs> oh, it's going to be. I know it's going to be great. Oh, it's. I was, I was telling my sister this the other day. So uh, Halle Bailey mm-hmm. is on Grownish. And spoilers for Grownish, if anybody out there watches. Her character uh, also started reading Sunny Days, which is a book about uh, how Sesame Street and, you know, Mr. Rogers and the basically the big shows that were that started that started a revolution of children's television on public broadcasting and on, Hmm. you know, PBS. And it's really interesting right now how like I'm, I'm in the very beginning of the book, but it's talking about how. You know, Fred Rogers got his start and Captain Kangaroo was like, no guns on my show, no, no violence on the show, no mm-hmm. guns or violence in the advertisement, no, uh, no kids toys with guns on them. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, you're either we're either going to have these certain toys or we're going to pull your funding. And he's like, well, OK. Mm-hmm. And like he stood his ground and they blinked. He didn't. And it's really cool. That's awesome. I'm a beginner fan of, you know, I'm like a level two fan of Muppets and everything. 
Uh-huh. And I'm just now getting into the, well, not le- level two, but like the making of the Muppets and everything and their origins. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to read more and more books about like, how did this happen? How did you're like getting into the lore of the Muppets kind yeah. of thing. You've gone yeah. beyond just watching the show and you're getting yeah. into like all the backstories and stuff. Yeah. I read Jim, <laughs> I read the book on Jim Henson that came out a couple years ago. So now I'm getting into like the the shows and stuff. So Sesame Street is as good a place as any to start. I feel like that's a good tell like when you know you're really a fan is like, okay, you can watch the show and enjoy it, but it's like you're truly a fan, I feel like when you start digging for more outside of just that thing like either watching how it's made documentaries or just looking up trivia and getting excited about random things about it that nobody else knows and you're like exactly okay he's like you're really in it now (laughs) yeah like i want to go to a muppet production and be like okay how high is the floor because yeah everyone has to be like this and with the screens on their chest they have to have their hands up in the air it's it's i want to see what it looks like i bet it's Mm -hmm. silly but necessary. Yep. Let's talk about some news right quick before we get to uh, Raya. Mm-hmm. Golden Globes happened, and mm-hmm. Soul was the winner of Best Animated Feature and Best Original Score, which I loved. Well deserved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially score. Yeah. Like of the of the nominees, I don't think anybody had anywhere close to as good or as versatile a score as Soul did. And wasn't the person who wrote the score was I can't which talk show host does he have music for? Is uh, it Fallon or Are you talking about John Baptiste? Yeah. I don't know if he does the music for Fallon. I'm like, he's on like, isn't he on something? I'm gonna Google that real quick. <laughs> Trent, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and John Baptiste did the did the score for Soul, and they're the first. I know I've tweeted this multiple times. The Soul is the first Disney or Pixar movie to win animated or best original score since mm-hmm. Up in nineteen. And sorry, in two thousand nine, and it's the sixth Disney uh, movie to win best original score with. Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, you know, the big four, mm-hmm. and then Up. Yeah, maybe what I was looking for, maybe it wasn't the score, maybe it was a different piece in the movie that somebody did. I was like, oh, it was John, John B- Batiste. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. And he's uh, Colbert. He's Colbert's buddy. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm like, what, what did he do? Yeah, I, okay. I had scarcely heard of him. Here and there before Soul, mm-hmm. but like I'm a fan now. Thank goodness. I guess he's like the one that most people have heard of that yeah. had a hand in the movie. That's like, oh, him. Yeah. They announced nominees for the Annie Awards, and uh, Onward was nominated for Best Animated Feature, Character Animation, Music, Production Design, Voice Acting for Tom Holland, mm-hmm. Writing, and Editorial. And then Soul was nominated for Best Animated Feature, uh, Animated Effects, Character Animation, Character Design, Directing, Music, Production Design, Storyboarding, Writing, and Editorial. And correct me if I'm wrong, the Annie Award is like a public service award. It's like they provided some sort of like 
positive cultural impact, I think, is Not, kind of what the AMI, or am I thinking of a different award? I think you're thinking of a different award. I think the AMI awards are strictly animation. Like, all, it's all animated uh, movies or animated content okay. that those awards are for. It's like, it's like the Grammys, but more respected okay. and just animation. Okay, so and now I'm going to look up what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's like thinking of opposite things today, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Soul, all of these awards are Souls to Lose. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's 10 nominations for, uh, for Soul, and I wouldn't be surprised if they came away with all 10, because... I me personally, I'm looking. I'm thinking forward to the the uh, the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I think it has best animated feature locked up. I'm hoping it gets nominated for best picture because mm. that would be you know the big achievement that it would get denied. And people are like, yeah, this is one of the best movies of the year. Maybe it's the. Well, I don't know. I'll look. I'll figure it out later. Some someone out in the ether, like if you yeah. know what I'm talking about, let me know. <laughs> and then the last bit of news is uh, some casting news for Disney's Pinocchio live action movie oh. dealy. Uh huh. Cynthia Erivo, who played Harriet Tubman in the Harriet movie, oh. has been cast as the Blue Fairy, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt from inception and 500 days of summer and, and 10 things i hate about you <laughs> oh yeah he was in that one he was a baby uh, in that baby jgl <laughs> has been cast as jiminy cricket oh. <laughs> to join tom hanks as geppetto luke evans as the coachman and keegan michael key as honest john in the the live action film that's going to be directed and co-written by robert zemeckis I wonder how they're going to handle Pinocchio in today's world. <laughs> I mean... There's a lot of, like, smoking and gambling and kids getting turned into donkeys. I'm like, uh, this is kind of... Uh, I think you not, still... It's different today. Yeah. There, I mean, there are some things that you can do to kind of... You know, I mean, the kid can still get turned into a donkey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to show kids smoking and stuff, though. Right. <laughs> Especially in, you know, a, in a 2021 or 2020s era mm-hmm. Disney movie. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm interested to see what how they're going to spin this. Or do we know if it's going to be set, like, back, like, in the past or if it's going to be modern, like a modernized Pinocchio? I think it's going to be set in the, you know, in the past because mm. what does a coachman mean in you know modern. true <laughs> what is a coachman how many, uber <laughs> how many yeah how many kids know what a coachman is now true true and i'm really excited to see cynthia arrivo as the blue fairy i think she's super talented i saw her in uh, harriet and mm-hmm. uh widows with uh viola davis and she's she's very good and i also know her as the person that stopped philippa sue from winning a tony so, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So if she got that. a Tony, so what uh what uh musical or what's she in? I wanna say the color purple. That yeah. I've seen I've seen that one when it came through Dallas. That mm-hmm. one's really good. My sister saw it I think she went to and saw it on Broadway. Oh, and nice. she said it was she said it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I mean everything's better on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. You guess the tours are a good supplement, but yeah. <laughs> I mean I enjoyed the Aladdin tour. That was, oh, that was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, me too. 
And I think the Lion King is good wherever you see it. <laughs> just see the Lion King. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you just go see it. They could be performing at a McDonald's and I know it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so. True. Yeah, that'll be an interesting remake. I'm still waiting on Little Mermaid, guys. You cast it a long time ago. Where is it? Oh, it's gonna be. I know it's gonna be great. Oh, it's. I was. I was telling my sister this the other day. So, uh, Halle Bailey mm-hmm. is on Grownish, and oh. spoilers for Grownish if anybody out there watches. Her character Sky just qualified for the Olympics. Oh. So she on the show. There was like this big goodbye party and she's like, there were, you know, crying and hugging. It's like, oh, she's leaving. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is she actually going to be off the show for a while? Or is the actress go- just going off for a couple months to film The Little Mermaid? For a certain project? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm lo- like really excited to see that as live action because, I mean, like, how many like mermaid movies are there besides Splash that are live action? <laughs> Like, lady, except, lady like, maybe water. some lady, well, that, eh. <laughs> lady in the water. Um, and there's been, like, like a teen, like, Australian TV show, I think. Really? But it's called, like, H2O or something. But, yeah, I'm interested to see, like, Disney do the whole underwater thing. I'm like, this will be very interesting. <laughs> It'll basically just be Aquaman, but Disney. Yeah. With singing. <laughs> with, with, with songs. All the singing. Yeah. <gasps> All right, that's all our news for today. We're going to take a quick trailer break, and then we'll be back with our main topic, Raya and the Last Dragon. My whole life, I trained to become a guardian of the Dragon Gem. But this world has changed. People are divided. Now, to restore peace, I must find the last dragon. My name is Raya. Getting a little too big for this, bud. So, Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Disney's 62nd animated feature film, directed by Don Hall, who also directed the 2020, sorry, the 2011 Winnie the Pooh, Big Hero 6, and Moana, and Carlos Lopez Estrada who directed Blind Spotting from 2018 with uh, David Diggs. Mm. Great movie. Can't recommend it enough. <sighs> it was written by uh, Kui Wen, who wrote on the TV show The Society, and Adele Lim, who wrote Crazy Rich Asians. And I didn't know this, that she wrote on Digimon seasons Digimon. two four. I saw oh. that. I was like, what episodes did she write on? But some good stuff. Mm. I missed that show. I may do a deep dive on that. Man, that takes me way back. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah. Especially because, like, those characters are grown now. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the, they had a, like, a, like, because everything had a reboot series. Those characters had a reboot series and a series of movies, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Ash and Pokemon. They just get more powerful. Yeah. 
The music was done by James Newton Howard, because we care a lot about music on this show. We all have music degrees. Uh, he did, as far as Disney goes, he did the music for Dinosaur, Atlantis the Lost Empire, Treasure Planet, and Maleficent. And he also did music for the Fantastic Beasts franchise, some of the Dark Knight trilogy, and eight M. Night Shyamalan movies, including The Last Airbender. That movie does not exist, but you know. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> what movie? <laughs> um, he also did um, uh, the Peter Pan soundtrack, the Universal version that came yes. out in 2003. Yes. I was obsessed with this movie, but I really, really love the soundtrack. It's so good. I think I still have it. I remember the soundtrack being notable yeah yeah 13 year old me like ate up that movie but (laughs) um i remember like i'd listen to that soundtrack over and over and over and like since then i've never forgotten james newton howard's name oh yeah (laughs) i'm like james newton howard he did this (laughs) and treasure planet has an epic um and dinosaur too i'll have really good soundtracks it's like it's one of those things where it's like this soundtrack's almost too good for this (laughs) exactly yes this movie is trash but the soundtrack is very nice. Or it's like the movie is good, but it it makes it that much better because the music like kind mm-hmm. of is the foundation for it almost. I think the only reason that we gave Treasure Planet a pass in our bracket was because the music was really good. Yeah, it definitely helped that movie. I mean, I love that movie, but part of me is like, but is it just because the music is great and the and like the main character is really good i'm just like i don't yeah. know <laughs> something he, worked <laughs> yeah uh james newton howard also did the music for er and netflix's a series of unfortunate events which i, I love, love netflix ones yeah it was really good the movie stars kelly marie tran as raya uh, aquafina as sisu the last dragon isaac wang Gemma Chan, Daniel Day Kim, Benedict Wong, Sandra Oh, Talia Tran, Lucille Song, and of course, because it's a Disney animated movie, Alan Tudyk. As he Tom has Tuck. to be. He's he's just like he lives at Disney. He just has his own room. And when they need random like things, like Alan, we need you. No, he's a prisoner. Like they they just release yeah. him from his cage. Like we need you to voice another animated creature. He's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I didn't know Sandra Oh was in it. I was like, oh. I didn't either. I was trying yeah. to figure out who Tong was, and when I saw it was Benedict Wong, I was like, of course. <laughs> it was great. Ratings. It currently sits at a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, and it has a 75% on Metacritic. And okay. as of the 12th, when I wrote these, when I wrote these numbers... Mm-hmm. It had grossed uh, $27.5 million worldwide, and it had a weekend opening of $8.5 million. And that's always, like, nowadays, it's hard to, like, my expectations are so off. So I'm like, okay, how many people bought it on Disney Plus, and then how many people were able to see it in a theater? It, you know, it's like, okay... What does that mean for today? Because back in the day, I was like, oh, this movie made this many. And like it was yeah. understood. Like It's because how many people showed up at the theater that weekend. But now it's like, but what does that mean for today? Yeah, it's, it's very hard. <laughs> is that hard good? Is that bad? I don't know. <laughs> After a while, box office is going to start meaning less and less. I mean, to moviegoers, I think. To the studios, it's going to mean everything because they got to make that money. Yeah. But until theaters are 
back to 100% of what they were. And I don't think they'll ever get back to 100% of what they were. They're going <laughs> to be... They the box office is going to be... It's going to wane because people are going to want mm-hmm. to... Uh, they're going to want to stay home. Like, all the stuff that's about to come out on HBO Max, I'm going to stay mm-hmm. home and watch that stuff. Yeah, it's like, if I can stay home, I will. But if it's like, the only way I can see it is in a theater, I'm going to go to theater. But I also just miss the theater because I yeah. love... That's a different... It's like, that's the ideal, like environment to watch a movie and like i was i was watching this at home and i was like i really wish i could have seen this in a theater because i feel like it would be like more impactful in a theater than it is like just me on my couch yeah i totally get that going to the theater is actually a big part of it and i try to recreate that Mm -hmm. here in my own apartment you know i have a decent sized tv and i got a decent sound system with a sound bar and subwoofers and everything yeah even for when i'm watching you know like when i decide to watch avatar i'm gonna watch it like i'm in the theater yeah, I kind of have the same thing, but we're in an also like in an apartment. It's like I can't, I don't want the bass to be too boomy. I don't want to upset my neighbors. <laughs> I don't care if it's before eight o'clock. The, live at yeah. your own risk. If yeah. it's in middle, if it's in the middle of the night, that's a problem. But yeah. it's like, hey, it's not time for bed yet. Mm-hmm. It's okay. <laughs> there will be bass. There will be bass. <laughs> Let there be bass. I wrote out a hilarious summary for this. I'm going to save that for nice. when we get into it because it's okay. very relevant relevant to the stuff that I'm going to bring up but the actual summary for the movie is in a realm known as kumandra a reimagined earth inhabited by an ancient civilization a warrior named raya is determined to find the last dragon that is all the preamble for that (laughs) so what did you think of the well let's keep it spoiler free for right now and then we'll dive headlong into spoilers what were your first impressions of the movie what'd you think um Watching it, first impressions were, this is creative. This is pretty, like, seems new. The art style is really cool. And after the movie, I was like, but this is just me with Disney. I was like, I liked it, but I wish there were songs. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just like, I, I love Disney musicals. And this is not, like, that's probably not the tone they would have gone for for this. But I'm always like... When I see a Disney movie that's not a musical, I'm like, it's a good movie. But it's not like the classic that type Disney feel that I'm used to when it's a musical kind of thing. But yeah. that's just my own brain. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel um, that way too. Yeah, but I thought it was really good. I love the themes that they had. Um, and again, like the style of like the dragon and the style of the different towns and things like that were really imaginative. And it almost kind of felt like a video game in some ways. Agreed. Like now that I'm like looking back in my mind, I'm like, it kind of felt like a, like an imaginative video game almost with like, it's different kind of realms that you go through. Yeah. It's, it's definitely very level based. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot on first viewing it. Honestly, it felt kind of long to me when i saw it the first time and i still kind of feel that way i feel like there's like kind of 10 minutes of this movie that you could cut out Mm. and it would be cleaner there's one set of characters that i was like why did you pick this Mm -hmm. i think you know what i'm talking about but yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's one one of the there's like a small group of people or characters that are picked up along the way i'm like why was this a choice yeah it's like the it's the thing that's like 
the kids would if you're in a theater the kids would be losing their minds mm. laughing yeah. but for the adults it's like i this isn't hitting with me yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> it, why like the old, it's like the Olaf of this movie. It's like, um, okay. Yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> on the other side of spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like the the theme. I don't think this is a spoiler at all. I think that the theme of, you know, trusting people, it's. I think I got a little bit more out of it than the movie wanted me to. So mm. they kind of beat you over the head with it, but it there are a some little. subtleties with it too because mm-hmm. of the way you know the tribes are broken up. And the way they, they're kind of, the, their relationships in, to each other. I got some strong Avatar The Last Air, Airbender vibes. Oh for my sure. gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just like, so uh, this one place is definitely the Fire Nation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, um, everybody yeah. hates them. So they're, by default, they're the, the Fire worst. Nation. Yeah. yeah. They, they started all this, so it's the Fire Nation. Yeah, <laughs> and everything uh, changed when yeah. <laughs> Fire Nation attacked. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, it's also kind of like, because Avatar is also kind of inspired by this similar region that this movie is inspired by as well. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to not make those kind of um, comparisons at the same time. So Yeah, and it's it's fair because I, was, I, I told a friend this. You can't get mad because they base it on similar cultures. And mm-hmm. they look similar. Like, if they use, you know, if you, I can't remember the thing I used, but I think I used the, the analogy of Black Panther and Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they're based, they're both based in fictional African countries. Mm-hmm. And they used African culture to make the costumes. So they're going to look kind of similar. Right. It's like if the foundation for these different things is always the foundation, then they're all going to ha- kind of reflect each other somewhat if they all kind of came out of the same origin yeah exactly but i agree with you it looks great these these disney movies they they never look bad Mm -hmm. like Like they're just fun to look at sometimes mm -hmm. like i don't like even if you didn't know what was going on it's just like pretty yeah have you seen um the zenimation on disney plus I think I've started watching it, but it's one of the things, like, this would be great for, like, if I'm working on something and I just need ambiance. But I have, like, clicked on it, and it's really interesting. Yeah, this, I hope they use this, because they're making a second set of those. And I hope they use Raya in, like, I'm pretty sure they're going to use Raya in in a lot of them. Because it was very Frozen 2 heavy. Yeah, they probably will. Just because, like, I remember, especially... Because they do, like, establishing shots for each um, region. And it's, like, just that. Like, each one was really um, imaginative and really pretty. And also, each one was really unique at the same time. Yeah. What would you... Before we get into spoilers, mm-hmm. what would you grade it? For me, personally, I'd probably put it around, like, a 7. Like, I liked it, but it wasn't, like... I wasn't, like, blown away by it. Okay. But at the same time, like, the thing about, like, movies when you watch them, I feel like it also depends on the lens that you see them through. So, like, um, like, some, like, different people might have a different connection to different movies. Like, um, Corey, for instance, really, um, sees herself in Elsa, I think, a lot. And so when Elsa's character isn't taken a certain 
direction, she's kind of like, I wasn't into that because that's not where I would like me to go when yeah. you connect with a character. And I didn't quite, I feel like I didn't quite connect with anybody in this, but I did see like, like human experience connections to it. But I didn't like see myself in anybody. But someone else who would see themselves in any of these characters would probably like grade it higher than I would. I think I'm in the same boat as you uh, around a seven or an eight. Uh, I think I would like letter grade wise, I would have given it maybe like a B, B plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It, it, it's very pretty to look at. The change of locales, like it, it's fine. I, I, it's, it feels very, like globe hoppy. And you said like it's, a, it feels like a video game because it's like okay, location, 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 location. We're fast traveling everywhere. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love the fight scenes. We'll get into mm-hmm. it in a minute, but like the the fighting, this is the most action packed Disney movie I think ever. Yeah, it's very action heavy. Like barring maybe Treasure Planet. But this <laughs> definitely has more fights than anything. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I didn't really connect with... Personally, I didn't connect with anybody. Like after Soul, if you listen to our Soul episode, I felt like Joe. And then I could connect with 22's anxiety. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that connection kind of with uh, with anybody in Raya. Except for maybe the... You know, there's a there's the theme of losing people and kind of with the pandemic, it's like you feel so disconnected from people. That was that whole thing was kind of like that. This hits a little closer to home, like the whole plague idea kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, And back on like connecting to characters like movies that recently came out, like especially in Frozen 2, I feel like I found a kind of a connection with Anna. And also I'm the second sister. (laughs) I have an older sister. So um like the stuff that Anna goes through in Frozen 2, I'm like that hit me. Really. So like I love Frozen 2 because it's like that, like the the stuff she goes through in that movie. I was like this spoke to me personally, kind right. of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I was like, I kind of could find myself in some stuff, but um, other than that, I'm like, I I enjoyed the story and where the characters went and the character development that they had. But yeah, it's like it did, and it didn't also have songs too that also bring me in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's one of those things like for each individual, it like people have different things that get them immersed in a in a film that other people need or don't need. Yeah. But, it, in watching nothing but little else, but you know the big Disney Renaissance movies at work, mm-hmm. I realized that songs are a good way to get through the plot without stating the plot and mm-hmm. it's a like you take you take the five songs out of the lion king and you lose like 30 minutes 20 30 minutes of that movie so yeah and that could be like a generational thing for us because like we were raised on disney renaissance musicals like Absolutely. every one of those animated films had like a good solid soundtrack for like karaoke <laughs> like mm-hmm. and, like all of like and if there weren't like i don't remember like, Mulan was a little bit lighter on the songs, um, but even if the characters didn't sing, then you've got Tarzan with Phil Collins going yeah. nuts on his soundtrack. Yeah. So it's kind of like we're used to seeing that with Disney, and now that they're getting a little bit more, it kind of is like, it's almost like getting into more second experimental age kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, they're trying to do just um, movies how they want to do movies, even if they aren't necessarily musicals, because they've done lots of musicals. They don't necessarily need more, but I yeah. that's... 
That's what feels like Disney to me. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen Raya and the Last Dragon, this is where your journey ends for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, go watch the movie. Go see it in, in theaters safely. And then come back and listen to what we have to say on the other side of the spoiler alert. Right. So... I, I can't I can't talk about this movie without all of the comparisons to different things that yes. I was coming up with on this second watch that I did today. Mm-hmm. I think I had more fun trying to figure out, okay, what is this? What can I compare this to? Okay. Than actually watching the movie. <laughs> and as a fellow nerd, I imagine you'll get most of these references. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> The tribes of Kumandra reminded uh-huh. me of the tribes from Black Panther. Uh, yep, yep. Because... Uh, now the, that you say that, uh-huh. The panther tribe where, you know, the royals live are, are, they are heart, uh-huh. but they're not as, the, the Kumandran tribes aren't as, are a lot more hostile towards each other than the panther tribes are. Mm-hmm. The Sorry, the Wakandan tribes are. The Wakandan yeah. tribes are kind of more, you know... They're at peace with what their job is because it's all, they're they're an integrated Wakanda. Yeah, some might need a little more convincing to help fight, but they're all kind of on the similar side. Yes. Uh, the Droon kind of look like symbiotes from Spider-Man. Uh, if you've seen Venom, Venom is a symbiote. I need to watch that one. <sighs> but uh, but the sim- if you're saying the Droon are like Venom, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They're like kind of like this somewhat oozy, but also they glow like mm-hmm. moving kind of. Yeah, I know. Sure. I, yeah, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> You're an Avatar fan. So I was trying uh-huh. to figure out whether Tuck Tuck was like, was he like an armadillo pill bug or was he a bear or what was he all supposed to be? I think he, to me, he was kind of like a, he's a pill bug, like hamster kind of thing. Okay. That makes sense. Like, to me, he's, like, some sort of, like, rodent, like, a guinea pig with that's a pill bug type thing. But I'm sure that um, on the, like, Disney Wikipedia or something, they actually have, like, what he is. But he, I, whenever I was watching this and my husband was next to me, I'm like, this is this movie's oppa. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And something I noticed with uh, looking at Tuk Tuk, Disney has kind of fallen into, I won't call it a rut, but a, a mm. pattern of... Here is the main character. Here is the magical, you know, creature that they have with them. You the know, animal sidekick. No, 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 not the animal sidekick. Like no. their genie or their Mushu uh, or uh, mm-hmm. or Olaf, Maui in Moana, and okay. then there's the animal sidekick. So your Tuk Tuk, your Hey Hey, both voiced mm-hmm. by Alan Tudyk, <laughs> uh, Sven or. And mm-hmm. pick a Disney horse. I got you. Yeah. So, like, they, they kind of have a formula that, you know, people like you and me who watch these movies ad nauseum are picking up on. Yeah. It's like the, the character's mount. Yes. <laughs> Character. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of those magical characters, I'm not. The, let's, let's talk about Sisu. Okay. I don't think I'm going to get much hate for this because I don't know where her tri- where her you know beehive is. I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of Aquafina as as the voice of Sisu. It just didn't like her vocal performance didn't really pop for me. Mm. Like on the flip side, Benedict Wong as Tong, I loved it because like he sounded familiar, but it doesn't sound like Benedict Wong. Mm. 
Like it felt it felt like Benedict Wong was doing a performance, whereas Aquafina was just Aquafina. Yeah, and I feel like that kind of happens like when you have like a celebrity with a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's. I feel like that's really hard to do because it either works or it doesn't. And yeah. yeah, I was kind of like when you look at Sisu like art, the voice that they picked for her. I don't necessarily think matches with what i pictured when i looked at that at the dragon um her facial expressions match and like her the human version of her matches but i'm like if you were just to give me a picture of sisu in her dragon form like that's not what i would have imagined her sounding like like because i'm used to like forgive me because i know it was not a good uh movie version of this book but like Safira's voice in the Aragon movie was like very kind of majestic and wise sounding but I also get that they weren't going for she's not supposed to be the the top dog of the dragons and the most like she's not like necessarily like the the biggest dragon she's kind of like the average one that like she's she's trying to come across as like I'm I'm the one no one else would have picked but they somehow picked me yeah she's a self-described slacker yeah so I, I guess so, I guess it's kind it, of apt that it's Aquafina. Yeah, so like that kind of works, but like it, my expectation was not that. So it's so my brain kind of had a hard time getting going with the character. Like when we first meet her, I'm like, this is not what I expected, but yeah. okay. <laughs> and she, on the on the same thought of you know, magical, Disney's magical creatures. She's kind mm-hmm. of a cross between Donkey from Shrek, even though that's DreamWorks, and, well, let's say Mushu, because same, same voice actor, mm-hmm. and Genie. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the shape-shifting, and yeah. the Sisu is, is the MacGuffin, kind of, for the first part of the movie. And then she's kind of, I don't want to say dumb, but she's not as, we. I mean, she's a slacker. Like we said. She's like an extra comedic relief. She's not really like right. a... She's kind of like a Timon and Pumbaa kind of, type-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not meant to be the special one in the movie. But it's like, but you're a dragon. <laughs> and you look cool. But you're like hokey, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think... But I think that's the thing with like certain like mythical creatures and stuff too if it's like a giant dragon like we all have an idea of what that is like in fantasy but when you're like a pocket dragon like mushu it's like okay he can be kind of hokey because he's like tiny you know he's like a mini dragon but when you're like supposedly like this majestic beast that we're used to seeing is something amazing in like every version of fantasy i've seen it's like this is not my association with how dragons are, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sisu, whereas Raya is super intense, and we'll get to Raya in a second because yeah, there's glowing. She's the praise, main character. <laughs> there's glowing praise coming. Um, mm-hmm. Raya is super intense, and she's you know the person with the plan. Sisu has to be kind of the not the antithesis antithesis to that, mm-hmm. but she has to complement that. Yeah, because she's the she's essentially the sidekick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess she, I guess it was okay. (laughs) It was, it was was a missed expectation, I guess. I will say though, like, like she wasn't bad. It was just kind of like, not what I expected. And 
may take like after a few watches i may take just some getting used to but um and of course kids will love her yeah but um i will say her design was a bit like to me i was like this is kind of like my little pony looking um yes yes but i did like her like body um design because she we she we learned later that she's a water dragon and i like how like her little back ridges are like kind of like flowy and they have um and they're like see-through and they're kind of sparkly and then her like the pattern on her fur kind of looks like ripples mm-hmm. so i was like after we learned that okay she's a water dragon i was like looking at the details on her i was like to see if how like they like modeled her after water kind of thing and yeah. i was like oh that's kind of cool like i was enjoying like the style of her i guess and they picked a very like unique style for the dragons in general that i was like i like it's not quite what you're used to seeing with like chinese style dragons even though that's kind of like the um shape they were going for but like they're kind of their own thing based sort of off like chinese dragon like the long body idea but they're also their own thing we have so many like styles of dragon between you know game of thrones and lord of the or not lord of the rings because there are no dragons in that uh, the Hobbit, and How to Train Your Dragon, the trilogy. So we have so many different styles yeah. of dragon. I appreciated that Sisu's character design was distinctly different from, you know, the main franchises that have dragons in them. Because it would be very mm-hmm. easy to be like, oh, she's a slimmer version of Toothless. But yeah, it's a different mythology that they're pulling from. Yeah, it was almost like the body of, like, like kind of how you see, like, the dragon in, like, the Mulan logo. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like has that body, but they gave her like a My Little Pony face. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's kind of like the short nose kind of thing. Yeah, and the big eyes. Her the big eyes. eyes. Are she yes. has she has Disney eyes. Yes, she does. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting. So Raya. Yeah. I loved Raya as a character. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's a badass for one thing. She's the best fighter, clearly. Single handedly takes the crown of who who's the best fighter. I dare say male or female who's the best fighter in disney and i think it's raya yeah she's she's really good hercules doesn't count because he's a god that's cheating (laughs) he has powers like as an average person Mm -hmm. that doesn't have any kind of like augmentation or whatever is like just a skilled fighter yeah i mean better than better than moana better than mulan and merida she doesn't have the force she doesn't have yeah <laughs> magic hair you know yeah. she's she's trained she trained for years to be as awesome as she is yeah and like mulan we i'm not talking about the live action mulan yeah cause that was its own thing but like um animated mulan like she she fights but she's more like calculating like yeah. she figures things out and finds new ways of doing stuff and she she does fight um Sean Yu, but she it's quick and it's not like it didn't take a lot of moves she just had like figured out really clever ways of defeating him um it was kind of like her her brain her mind was more of the weapon than what like her brawn kind of thing yeah I start to think of Mulan as like more of a tactician than a straight mm-hmm. up warrior Right. Like Raya like straight would take, up ninja. Like. Yeah. Raya would take Sean Yu out, like, without malice. Just, mm-hmm. I'm better than you. Here's how. Yeah. And I also liked that they, like, put her up against another very strong female warrior as well. Yeah, Namari's awesome, too. 
Yeah, it wasn't like, okay, let's have the girl show the man that she can beat him. It was like, let's just show two people who happen to be women mm-hmm. fighting, and they're both e- like equally or nearly equally like trained to fight. And I love that no one made any kind of thing. It's like, a girl fighting? Like, there was no surprise from any of the characters. Like, I love that the dad was like, like you, like he tested her. It's like you get to join the, the ranks of warriors. There was no like first female or like, mm-hmm. you know, things like that where they're pointing out that it's special because she's a woman or something or because she's a girl. It's just she just is. And I think in this world that sex isn't a big deal because mm-hmm. of the of the five tribes that we see, the who is it? The Talon chief is later on is a woman. Mm-hmm. So that means, and, and if you count Raya, four of the five tribes are led by women. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, nobody's leading Spine because they're all, you know, stone. Yeah. So the, the one guy's left. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're all women, and nobody mm-hmm. says anything about it. Yeah. And later on, when Namari shows up at that lesson, all of the like all of the, I mean, the first person that stands up is a girl. But all, everyone is like, oh, I want to, you know, meet Namari. Maybe it's because she's the chief's daughter or maybe because she's just, you know, an awesome fighter. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's gender and sex is not a thing, apparently, in this universe. And, like, they didn't even point out how old she is. Like, when she was um, was being tested by her father to, about protecting the stone or the dragon gem, they don't really... I don't think they say how old she is, but she's clearly, like, a kid. Yeah. And then... She's, like, already skilled then, and then after everything happens, like, six years later, she has, like, six more years to get even better yeah. kind of thing. So I thought that was interesting. They kind of established that she's always been good at this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Back to my list of things that are, like, everything else. I want to mm-hmm. read the summary that I wrote for... It's very <laughs> cheesy. Feel free to laugh anytime. But my summary of, the like, a, a prologue for the movie... I wish I had music to do this. <laughs> Tail, fang, spine, talon, heart. My bai used to tell me stories about the old days, when the dragons of Kumandra kept balance between the assassins of fang, the giants of spine, the thieves of talon, the mercenaries of tail, and the noble warriors of heart. But all that changed when the droon and those jerks from fang attacked. Only the last dragon could stop them, but when the world Uh, needed her most, she vanished. (laughs) 500 years passed, and Raya and my guardians of the galaxy, I mean these randos from different tribes that wanted to rob and kill me, discovered Sisu, the last dragon. And since none of us trust each other, we're probably going to die. But Sisu believes that we can work together and save the world. For a minute, I started hearing Katara's voice. (laughs) That's what I was going for. (laughs) <laughs> I want Mae Whitman to read this. Oh. But yeah, this movie is Avatar. Yeah. It's, it's very... Yeah, because... Yeah. It's, it was, it's hard to for it to not be. Mm-hmm. When you have different groups and everyone's fighting everyone all the time, one of them's real bad. And, <laughs> and they all have different, you know, styles and mm-hmm. different cultures. And they're almost like slightly different races, but not quite. Like they each... Like when I was looking at the groups... It's like they were all fairly diverse. Mm-hmm. 
Like maybe they like they're like you said with I think spine like they're some more kind of brawny people. Mm-hmm. Um, like they kind of had that kind of difference. But I was looking and I was like, okay, no one's trying to make it a like, like this is like this race of people and then that race of people. It was like each town kind of had variations within their own group. So yeah. like, I thought that was really interesting that they're focusing on making it fairly diverse, even though it is kind of set in like one region or a certain region they kind of still had some diversity Mm -hmm. even within that it's like the u.s we're all americans but Mm -hmm. we just have little you know variations on american like sprinkles we're all sprinkles but we just all (laughs) we all make a beautiful sunday (laughs) that's a good that's a good way to look at it and now i want ice cream thanks i know oh no and it's a sunday oh no no. sundayception I, I also love at the end that once she starts collecting people, this becomes Guardians of the Galaxy. And they have a Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. moment at the end. Like the, the climax of this movie is Guardians of the Galaxy. Is the baby rocket? <laughs> so I, funny you should ask that. I sat and figured out who is who. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so Raya is Gamora. Sisu mm-hmm. is Mantis. Namari is <laughs> yeah. Nebula because she and Raya fight all the time. Yeah. Boone. They're like, almost like sisters. But... Yes, exactly. Boone is Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. Drax is Tong. Of course. Noi, the baby, is Rocket. And uh, the Ongis are... Mm-hmm. It, the Ongis, the monkeys, are Groot. <laughs> that, make, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like what we were mentioning earlier, the like Olaf of this movie is the baby i'm like babies can't do that (laughs) they need to be held and changed and and fed and i'm just like like is this a toddler is this a baby because i'm just like it was one of those things where it was okay there are dragons in this but that was the one thing that was like this is this you took it a little too far like i could handle it if it was just the monkeys but the baby was what was throwing me off or if the baby was a little (laughs) bit older Cause like you have yeah. to suspend your disbelief a little bit, right? But maybe this baby's just had a hard life, you know. I'm just like, how, I'm like, the baby looks like it shouldn't be able to walk yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those things. Like my my brain was trying to put too much logic in it, and I was like, I, <laughs> this. <laughs> Why I, did we pick this? Is my thing. Like, did it have to be a baby? <laughs> I mean, the ba- it, looking at the, I I didn't I didn't watch very many trailers, but like looking at it live. The baby didn't bother me, but I will acknowledge that it is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> this baby is a couple of steps above Jack-Jack. I just thought of this. Oh, yeah. Like the baby, in, in verbal patterns, it's sound. she sounds like Jack-Jack. Yeah. That's probably, like, the closest comparison. But, yeah, I'm just like, mm. like, that was the thing that kind of was like, I'm not into this. Like, it's it's. It's kind of funny, and I'm like, the kids would love it in the theater. I'm like, this is the part where the kids are losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it was it was entertaining to watch, but just for, like, the story. I'm like, but I have questions. Like, the, <laughs> how does this, like, do the monkeys, I guess, just know how to feed the baby? How is the baby so nimble when, like, Well, they did change know. the diaper while on the run, so. They did establish that they can do that. That, that was, again, that was a choice. Yeah. That was a weird choice. <laughs> um but i I think the i think it's just been a long however long or six years 
I, let's mm-hmm. say it's been a long six years for everyone between yeah. the breaking of the dragon orb, the dragon gem, and when we pick the story up. So, I, who knows? Who knows? I'm, like, she could be, like, two, maybe. Yeah, let's Like, still that. kind of a baby, but not quite a toddler, but they, like, it's like the terrible twos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Um, I mean, obviously, because the, the... I kept thinking about this, too, with the Druid thing of, like they get you when they get you and but a lot of time has passed so it's almost like the blip in avengers where it's like yeah. it's like she grew up while he while um like raya grew up while her father was stone and it's been six years so like the last time you saw her she was little and all of a sudden she's older it was like this is like the blips like depends yeah. on how long your family members have been stoned yeah and then everything's kind of changed <laughs> that's interesting so. to think about mm-hmm. but it was like varied because like not everyone was taken by the plague thing at the same time that's why it's slightly different than the than the snap because mm-hmm. it's just there it wasn't just a an isolated you know incident it's an ongoing you know they're still out there they can get you at any time but yeah. the water is keeping them at bay i kind of like that little bit of storytelling and world building that the badoon or not the badoon huh, the drone <laughs> are uh water is their weakness basically yeah and what's interesting is, like, when, again, we're in spoilers, so it's fine. So, like, when um, Sisu gets shot, the water starts drying up. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, it's almost like they're the kind of keepers of the elements. Yeah. <laughs> the dragons yeah. or something. Yeah. And so, since she was still alive, there was still water to keep them at bay somewhat. So, like, you could um, do that. But whenever that, the last dragon that kept the water was gone then like it's all bets are off so it is interesting and it's like well did they maybe they chose her to be the one to save everyone because she was a water dragon because she was the only or one of the few things that had like a power against the drune on her own kind of thing because mm-hmm. maybe the dragons knew that they wouldn't be able to come back and they're like she's going to be the only one to make it make it out i don't know these are all theories, but <laughs> on the we, you mentioned that this is a video game. I'm wait. This is kind of like a video game. I It'd make a good video game. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Just make this kind of like a, a Breath of the Wild style. Yeah. You know, the, you got to collect the pieces and yeah. put them together. Yeah, yeah you got to find, and it, it it's just like a Legend of Zelda game. You got to get, you know, because Zelda's always trying to find the Triforce, and mm-hmm. anyone who's played Breath of the Wild knows you got to go fight all of the Colossuses. Colossies, <laughs> and it's it's just like that. So I think this would be mm-hmm. perfect for that. And you just gotta ride your, you know, pill bug or whatever <laughs> all over the all over the landscape. It's your chocobo. <laughs> yeah, still talking about Riot as a character. I like that she was she wasn't perfect. She mm-hmm. wasn't. The, Sisu was the hopeful one, and Raya was the one who was like, "People are trash. Can't trust them." <laughs> I mean, I identify with that a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Especially these days, I'm like, mm-hmm. people kind of aren't the best a lot of the time. Yeah. Or at least, like, out in public. Like, obviously, friends are great, but, like, some the, the person who cuts you off and, you know, everything. Yeah. But she, it showed that Raya, it gave her space to grow. I mean, it was an obvious space to grow, but still, it worked well because she was so, she was so jaded and, you know, rightfully so, feeling played by Fang. And mm-hmm. it cost her her father. So why should she trust anyone? Because the last time she trusted a stranger, you know, her world was her essentially her whole world was lost. 
Yeah, they and that was kind of you mentioned earlier, like kind of the theme that they're beating over our heads about like trusting people. Exactly. Yeah. And I like that in the end, it was kind of like the trust you give is kind of like trust you get back Mm -hmm. but it's but at the same time it's like it's not always but sometimes it's like certain times when it matters like like kind of i feel like it was kind of figuring out like the discernment between when should you trust um versus when you should be a little bit more cautious yeah kind of thing and like sisu and raya were kind of the two yin and yang like opposites of like trust it like if you just trust everyone it'll be great but like uh but you got in trouble because you did Versus, like, this is the time I need to trust this person because, like, it's really important kind of thing. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's kind of, like, fi- working your way through those situations to figure out, like, never trust anyone, but you shouldn't always trust everyone kind of thing. In the same way that, you know, the Fellowship from Lord of the Rings or the Guardians from Guardians of the Galaxy, they become sort of a found family. They didn't start mm-hmm. that way because uh, Noi and the Angis were trying to rob... Uh, Raya, I almost said Korra, uh, trying to rob yeah. Raya, and Tong was trying to, you know, eat them, and the only person that was, you know, genuine from Jump was Boone, mm-hmm. but it it shows that with, with Sisu trying to trust the chief, and the chief trying to, you know, basically throwing her to the wolves, or the, the drone, and until she would tell her where the dragon gems were. It just shows that like Raya was kind of right, but after a while they learned to like they all learned like okay we're all in this together so maybe I'll trust you. And I feel like too like an somewhat underlying not well not really underlying but a theme that they were talking about that I feel like they couldn't use really use the word because kids wouldn't understand what that means. But I feel like they had Raya working through also a personal bias. Yes. Like, but kids don't know what a bias is, you know? So, but it's like, it's about trusting people. And I feel like maybe they could have said it differently, but like, cause she obviously grew up having a bias against these different groups and especially one of them because of how they treated her and her perception of this one group when they actually have something in common and they both want the same thing. It's just they kind of were on two different sides of it and went up against each other before. And I like that she was kind of like her trust exercise was her getting over like a bias and a grudge against this person or this group even to then like kind of take the first step or whatever that she said in the movie and offer that like, hey, I trust you now or like I'm not going to be biased against you because... I believe that we're we both want the same thing. Yeah. And I feel like that it's one of those things I think Disney's kind of been trying to play with some deeper themes that I think is hard for kids to get, but I think the adults can kind of pick up on, even if it's not like handed to us. It's like we can kind of get that out of it, even if the kids are like it's way over their heads. Just trusting people. <laughs> yeah. I like that you bring up the word bias because that makes me think this movie would be a great double feature with Zootopia because that's exactly yeah. what Zootopia is about. Exactly. It's exactly. Oh, covertly. That's what Zootopia is about. And I agree with you completely that this uh, Disney is doing is putting these little, you know, more complex themes in their movies that hopefully when the time comes or if the kids are even curious after watching these movies parents can say here's the next step in what is going on like what this Mm -hmm. movie is talking about because after zootopia 
I hope parents went and had the because Zootopia came out at you know in the heat of when Black Lives Matter was gaining steam. Police brutality. Yes. Poli- like yeah, all that stuff. And the overtones were there. The allusions to it were there. And I hope parents had you know the conversation with this is how these two are alike. And I hope it kind. Of, I hope this movie kind of opens up a similar dialogue about you know trusting people even though you have a preconceived perception of how these people of how someone is. And going along with that, also some parents who need to learn these lessons, taking their kids to, and watching these movies with their kids, and going and hopefully they're stopping and thinking. In a kids movie, if it's so simple, then like hopefully they're also kind of learning because it's something. It's not necessarily a message that they grew up with. And sometimes, and it's like, it's interesting watching the different generations because I feel like our generation sort of started getting some stuff with some of the things we watched as kids where they're like a lot of things like Magic School Bus, like all of the characters were a different race. So like yeah. we were growing up with more diversity and things in TV and a li- and on and certain like themes from our generation. And then like now the things going on in the world today, like the kids these days are growing up with that, but our parents and their and like maybe some of their parents because we're kind of getting in the parents age which is sad to me but (laughs) um you know they didn't grow up with that they grew up in a world where their movies had were like all the same you know like the same race or all the same like kind of traditional like old-fashioned notions of things and it's like it's and so if they have their kids watch it they hopefully they're learning something as well yeah so that's what's great about Disney movies is they're family movies and like they might be people like they might be mostly directed at like younger kids, younger audiences, but there's something in there for everyone. And that I think that's what's special about it. Cause like I can watch it as an adult and get something out of it just like a kid can watch it and get something out of it. That's exactly what I try to do again in watching or listening to at least uh, Disney movies in the background while I work. I try to think of something like next level about all of them that I never thought of before. Like uh, I was, we were, we had the Incredibles on and mm-hmm. the, in the prologue of the Incredibles, I thought this entire movie is Mr. Incredible's fault <laughs> because, and, and this is morbid to think about Mr. Incredible gets in trouble for saving someone that didn't want to be saved. That includes young buddy Pine. Obviously, he saves him from getting blown up by Bomb Voyage. But if Mr. Incredible didn't save Buddy, who didn't want to be saved because he legitimately says, get off of me, uh, none of the movie would have happened. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he still would have gotten sued by the guy who he saved and ended up, you know, breaking his, not breaking his neck, but mm-hmm. I think breaking his back or He's something. Injured. Yeah, injured. Syndrome goes on to basically murder the entire underground superhero population (laughs) yeah and that's on mr incredible for saving someone who didn't want to be saved and that kind of goes back to the like would you kill baby hitler kind of yes yes it's like (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's like the whole ethics thing it's like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's kind of like and i think with stuff like that it's like you can kind of only make the best decision you can with the information you have at the time yeah you're there's no way you can know the future but like you can like do your best like with what you know or what you can learn or things like that and try to improve from there that's what i want from incredibles 3 
Um, the Are they going to make a third? No, no, no. I say oh. if, if there is an Incredibles three, I want <laughs> Mister Incredible to have a a existential crisis. I guess because there <laughs> there aren't as many superheroes, and all of his friends who were super who were supers are gone, and he finds a super that can time travel, takes him back, and it's basically uh, it's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of shades of it's a wonderful life and a Christmas yeah. Carol. What if what would the world look like if Mister Incredible hadn't saved Buddy? Yeah, it would be interesting. Ooh, I'm gonna write that script. <laughs> Go for I'm it. Write that script. <laughs> Nobody steal my idea, please. <laughs> so he said it first. <laughs> I have, we have re- record of it. Yes, it's my idea first. What else about Raya? I did like that in the end. It wasn't like, Raya, I'm the hero. I'm going to fix it. It was her character. Like, she went through her own character development. And she, and, but her heroic thing was handing like handing the torch off to someone else right. kind of thing. It wasn't like, she's the one to slay, slay the dragon, which we're hopefully we're not. We're, we already accidentally killed a dragon in the movie. But then it was fine later. But it's like she passed it on to someone else. It's like, like in sports. It's like... You might think you two can like make the goal, but maybe it'd be better if someone else did. Right. Kind of thing. Like pass the ball. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that for mm-hmm. Raya to give up. I was I wasn't expecting Raya to pass the ball for someone else to make, you know, the game winning play. Mhm. But I, It's kind of like you can be a hero without being the one to make the goal. Yeah. Like you can still be valuable. Yeah. She didn't push the button. Yeah. She didn't blow up the Death Star. We could go on with, with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she was Obi-Wan, and Namari was Luke, who actually did the thing. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that coming, and I, I kind of appreciate it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, something I thought was funny, Boone explaining credit to Sisu. <laughs> yes. It's like, that's not how credit works. It's nope. on credit. Like, we don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is very often someone's, again alluding to the theme of trusting people Mm -hmm. uh whether it be raya or some other you know side character or extra characters say we don't know you what do you mean credit (laughs) i have another illusion that i just remembered that i made when i was watching it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it was like whenever um sisu got the ability to like it started raining and she was able to like fly through the air Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my brain i was like (laughs) Never ending story. <laughs> and it's like, I'm Falcor. It's like, she's a luck dragon. I was just like, oh, it's never ending story. Anytime a dragon with flowy hair is going through the sky, I'm like, takes you right back to then. <laughs> I think I'm out of this was like something else. Oh, no, I was wrong. I got one more. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> the Fang Riders, the people from Fang riding cats they call them fan uh-huh. writers they yes. reminded me of the wolves of isengard yeah they were kind of like that yeah and i'm also waiting for uh binging with babish the youtube channel that makes <gasps> he he does basics of like how to cook and he uh, yeah and his main channel is him making food from movies mm-hmm. i'm waiting for him to make jackfruit jerky yeah, I wonder if he's going to do that. And he's already done congee, I think, because that was what Mulan was eating. Right, I think he's right. done that already. Um, but maybe that, like, soup or whatever that they were making, yeah. that was... 
I thought was cute because it was in the beginning. It was like, here's all these spices and things from all all the tribes or the areas, whatever they're called. But, and together they make something beautiful. So it kept like alluding to, it takes a bunch of different things to make a whole kind of thing. But I wonder like that soup he'll make or something like that. Because <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I wonder if we're going to get some pinging with Babish like recipes from this. Um, yeah, and I also, we, we haven't, don't think we've said it yet, but because it was kind of an obvious thing watching the movies like each of the tribes are named after a different part of the dragon and like in the map like the river like looks like a dragon and each one is kind of positioned on the dragon shape where they would be um which i thought i was like that that's cute (laughs) i like that it's a good fun idea during the first watch i didn't catch that until like halfway through the movie Mm -hmm. because in the beginning he says fang talon he says all the he says all the tribes and he's like welcome to heart and i'm like what are you talking about chief Benji? <laughs> see that's when i got Water. yeah that's when i got Please. on the uh the captain planet kick <laughs> um but yeah i thought because it was that too that was like all of these parts make a whole and then yep. in the end it was all of the different parts make the gem and you know it was like that whole thing. And I love the theme of how human discourse caused the Droon. Like, they they came out of, hum, like, human fighting and humans being, like, against each other. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, then the dragons had to fight that off, but then there was one left all by it. And then the dragons couldn't come back. But the dragons could only come back if the humans decided to stop fighting and come together and work for the like and all be like become one like they like they kind of become the dragon once more mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah like i thought it was interesting that it was like they got it's like the classic hero's journey thing where you have to get rid of the mentor the thing that's like holding your hand with this which would be sisu mm-hmm. so that the heroes can then step up and be and come into their own kind of thing but i thought it was that's interesting good. that like only the the humans had to make the decision and and like they and through them coming together and fixing it they were able to restore everything back to its original glory this whole thing is hero's journey because for sure in the beginning most disney movies are i think but yeah. yeah but this one in particular because you you see the hero leave the ordinary world mm-hmm. and goes into kumandra as ma- as Mad Max Land, you know, as, as Fury <laughs> yeah. Road, basically. It's yeah. This is Raya Fury Road. That's what this is. <laughs> and then the death of the mentor later on, and all the stuff in the middle with the the side characters and uh, the refusal of the call, refusing to trust people, mm-hmm. and then at the end accepting the call when you accept, hey Namari, I have to trust you, even though you've stabbed me in the back and killed Sisu multiple times. And then, oh, it is it's Star Wars again. <laughs> also Star Wars. And then the return That's to the normal son. world. That's my son. And then you return to the the normal world, which yeah. is Raya at the end. And like Raya kind of lost mentors twice because her father, she lost her father in the beginning. And right. then like at the very end, she loses um, like Sisu, which was like her only hope. Right. She loses her Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and learns that it's like okay it's it's all up to the people now like we don't have a choice but to work together and like she kind of sacrificed herself first 
as like an example, kind of as an example for the rest of the group, like I'm doing what I need to do and like the rest of you have to make your own decisions, but I'm going to take, I'm going to set the example of showing trust and getting over a bias and being like, this is the only way to fix it. And essentially kind of sacrifices herself so that like the group can kind of all do their own part. Man, this movie might be deeper than I originally thought it was. I mean, and it's talking about it like this. That makes you, like, go through it again. And just like in Guardians of the Galaxy, too. And Avatar. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. it's it's. Oh, my gosh. I heard recently, so there's, like, the whole there's nothing new under the sun or whatever. And I heard someone say recently, it's like, creativity is forgetting who you stole it from. (laughs) (laughs) I think the next book I want to pick up, I've wanted to read this for a while. It's, I want to say it's the seven basic plots. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea that there are only seven basic plots in all of literature, movies, media. There are only seven plots. And it's like man versus man, man versus himself, man versus yeah. nature, man versus the machine, man yeah. versus God, all of that. But so it's like, it's one of those things like this movie wasn't like the most amazing movie I've ever seen. It was good. And obviously it had really good things in it, but it also had some things that I was like, eh, we didn't need this part. But yeah. The the it's it's one of those things like it has a solid theme running through it that makes it a whole movie. And I think it's like when movies fail, I think is when the underlying theme doesn't get across and that's when you're like, What what did I just watch? I'm not even sure and that's when like their kind of foundation isn't quite there, I feel like. And this one I think they had a solid foundation, even if some of the extras were a bit like, meh, that's okay. Or things some things were better than others. Yeah. I think that's that's a good like I think that's a good place to leave the conversation. We've covered a lot. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> I want to know. I want to meet the person who came up with tootin' booms. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. that, I was like, how do you? Was that someone's kid? That's like you should have this, and they just went with it because that's that's a that's a unique thing to put in this movie. That was another point. Was like, and the little kids go. Ooh, farting bugs yep. yeah <laughs> it's one of those things it's like like come on disney you can be classier than that but i'm like it's fine we get the kids can have something to laugh at yeah, everybody it's gets not one. just for me <laughs> everybody gets every disney movie gets one yeah <laughs> but uh and then uh, looking at uh the hairstylings like raya's hair was very simple but Namari mm-hmm. and the people of Fang, how they had the... The, like, side shave? Yes. And then there's the mm-hmm. braid going... There, where the part in their hair is, there's a braid there. Yeah. I'm waiting for someone to do an awesome cosplay of that. It kind of... I said that um, Namari reminded me of um, Sabine in Rebels, the Mandalorian character. I haven't um, seen Rebels. I'm sorry. It's really good. Um, I enjoyed Clone Wars and Rebels more than I thought it was, even though the beginning seasons are a little bit slower. But the, by the end, you're like, that was so good. I'm yeah. crying. Um, but she has like the side shave thing with the hair flopped over. So I was like, they, they, they were kind of had a similar like character, like facial design, except Sabine's hair is like multicolored half the time. Oh, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> I like it. You got anything else before I say what little trivia i have um no i think i think that's about it for me i think i covered most of what i thought of while i was watching it there wasn't a scene at the end oh there wasn't a a post-credit scene or anything i looked and i don't think there was one
I didn't even listen to the song that I need to give the song that's at the end a chance. I mean, mm. it may be it may be bad, but I still need to give it a chance. And the the fighting in this, like the fight scenes, were very well done. Again, I've never seen. There's no. This has the best fight scenes in any Disney movie. It was really good, and she had a really cool sword. Mm-hmm. The like retractable, like it's kind of like a whip, but it's also a sword. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a sword whip grappling hook kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. But yeah, they the fight scenes were really good. Like you could tell, like everyone was very skilled, and they brought in some probably brought in some really good like fight choreographers to figure all that stuff out. Oh yeah. Oh, and you said why the Angis and the the baby? Yeah. You got to sell toys. Ah, uh, yes. You got to sell toys. And I'm thinking... Toys and plushies. Exactly. And Tuk Tuk. I'm waiting for the giant Tuk Tuk plush, like the giant Appa. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of Tuk Tuk, I was watching pretty much my favorite YouTube channel, the Tim Tracker, like Disney theme park, like YouTube royalty kind of thing. Uh-huh. And they did an episode going around trying to find all the Raya and the Last Dragon, like, food items and stuff. And I think Animal Kingdom had, like, a cupcake or, like, no, they had, like, a moose cake that kind of looked like baby Tuk Tuk or something like that. They had some cute, like, um, and I think it was, like, they used, like, Chinese five spice in the cake or something like that. So they're trying to make it inspired by the region sort of thing. But I just remember seeing all, like, that's a lot of the promotional stuff that they had. Of course, they have, like, plushies and toys and stuff, but they also did some specialty, like, limited release treats and stuff at the Disney parks, which I think was fun. Nice. Also, but, the, the, the sword. I wonder if they're going to sell the sword as, like, a toy. Probably. Like, especially, like, a foam sword or something like yeah. that. What if they have, so, <laughs> I don't know how much, they probably offered this somewhat, because the, the parks, they have, like, um the bippity boppity boutique where the girls go get dressed up like princesses but you can also they also have like knights and like a pirate costume i think too so like if you don't want to be a princess they have stuff for um if you want to be something else and i wonder if they'll have a raya costume in there too so they could do like a warrior makeover of course like and they could do like fun hair like warrior of hair. Course. i think that'd be cool they, they're missing and they're missing out on an opportunity if they don't yeah like expand not every little girl wants to be a princess and not every little boy wants to be a knight there wasn't much trivia to be found on this one. Like, not the kind of trivia that I'm interested in. Like, we mentioned the uh, spine, fang, tail, talon, and heart being parts of a dragon. Mm-hmm. The only trivia that I could find... I mentioned at the at the beginning that this is the 62nd Disney animated feature. Mm-hmm. This is the ninth Disney animated film not based on an existing work. So it's a completely original story. Yeah, because a lot of Disney movies are based on, you know, literature or fairy tales. Or legend. Or legends. Or, yeah. This is the 19th film with a female protagonist. And this is the 22nd film that isn't a musical. Has no songs in it at all. Except for the end. But that's the end credits. <laughs> yeah. The, there aren't songs to further the plot. <laughs> yes. And then Raya is the 13th Disney princess. I feel like there's a legend in there somewhere and speaking of disney princesses i'm still so i it's like it's my hobby slash my way of exercising i'm a runner and i'm really hoping to try to do the princess half marathon in 2022 i was signed up for this year but covid and they made it virtual so i was like i'm not paying disney prices for not being at disney um right. <laughs> so 
I'm hoping to go in 2022. And I'm wondering if they'll make Raya one of the medals because she's like the new princess. If they'll make her um, like one of because the, they do three races. They do a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon for princess weekend. So I wonder if they'll pick one of those medals. And usually they'll there's a fourth medal that um, is like a challenge medal. Like if you do two, the 10K and the half marathon, you get like another medal that's like a special one. Um, but I wonder if they'll make Raya a feature because she's like the new princess. Because they did Moana last year as one of the medals, but it it was it was really unfortunate because this this year it was gonna be Ariel for the 5K, Rapunzel for the 10K, Belle for the half marathon, and then Tiana was the special challenge medal. And I was like, I don't know that Tiana's been on a medal or she has. I haven't seen it before. Because they used to not just make... They they were like generic princess. They used to not be like a specific princess. But it was like Tiana's first medal. I was like, meh. like, but that would have been so cool. I wonder what um, they did with all of those. I mean, if you paid for the virtual one, you got it mailed to you. Yeah. So like you could have gotten it. But I was like, I don't want to pay for virtual. <laughs> um, I want to run through the castle. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, but I wonder if Raya will be maybe like the 5K or one of the medals is like she's the new girl (laughs) yeah grace isn't here but absolutely have to do drunk disney for this the three things that i settled on was since there are no songs drink for every fight scene or chase sequence okay drink every time someone says dragon and drink anytime someone does something sketchy or suspect because there's a lot of double crossing in this movie Mm -hmm so backstabbing yeah and i have another one that will get you drunk within like the first five minutes of the film anytime the word trust is spoken yes <laughs> oh my gosh like, i think i like that one more than the last one <laughs> drink anytime someone says trust it's like how, what gauge how drunk you want to be and as you can choose one of those <laughs> yeah i like it or how fast you want the effects to happen <laughs> Because I remember, like, how many times I was starting to think, I'm like, there's, like, a I need a trust word counter because I feel like it's so said a lot. And that's why I was like, I feel like they needed an extra word in there, like, but kids don't know what bias is or, like, getting over your bias or something like that. Yeah, almost a bit. Trust was, like, the word they could, the only word they could use, but. I think trust is probably the more virtuous word than bias because I think bias is maybe a more modern term. Yeah, a bias is something you have, like, you don't trust someone because you have a bias. I'm just like, but what's this, like, another word that also means trust? And I don't know that there is, like, a word that is the same description. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, that's a good drinking game thing for this movie. And this movie is long, so it's it's fairly spread out. Or every time you see the dragon gem. (laughs) Or a piece of the dragon gem. Mm-hmm. Whether that be through art or yeah, uh, in real life. And also something that I thought of a second ago was the guy that was in Spine reminded me of like one of the ruffians from Tangled. <laughs> with, the, yeah. with the eye patch? Yeah, I was like, he looks like he came out of the Snuggly Duckling. <laughs> he has a dream, he has a dream. <laughs> he loves mangoes. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and he talked like Drax too. That's what That's what pushed <laughs> it over the edge for me. I think that'll do it for our review of Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us what you think on uh, any of our social media. Tell us what you think of the movie. If you paid the 30 bucks or if you actually went to the theater and saw it. 
Yeah, or if or if anybody like got something out of the movie that maybe we didn't mention, or you you felt a personal connection to the character for whatever reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let us know what you thought. We didn't even mention how this is Kelly Marie Tran kind of rising, like a phoenix, or a <laughs> dragon, if you will, from <laughs> the ashes of all the Star Wars slander that she got. But she did not deserve. Not at all. Like, if anyone needed the, the slander, it was the writers of her character. It had nothing to do with the actress. And that, I'm going to get it on a soapbox, okay? <laughs> the floor is yours. Like, <laughs> so there's a lot of, and, a, and the sad thing is a lot of it ends up being, like, females. But, like, voice actors and actors who, like, get flack for something that their character does in a movie or video game. And it's like... They were paid to do a voice. They might, like, care about that character and love that character, but they did not decide what happens to that character or what that character does. They sign a contract, they go into a studio, and they read a thing, or they show up on set and they do what the directors and the people tell them. If you don't like how a character, like, like what the character does or what they say or whatever, that's not a decision a lot of times that the actor made. Because, like, I know it was, like, in The Last of Us 2, the video game, everyone was upset with the voice actor of, um, the character's name was Abby, because she, like, if you haven't, cover your ears if you're a Last of Us person, you haven't gotten to the second one, but, like, Abby kills the character everyone loves, and then the actress, the voice actress and the motion actress got, like, attacked on social and on social media and stuff she ended up getting an award though because of her amazing like performance Mm -hmm. but it's like she did a performance she is not that character and i think a lot of people have a hard time separating like the actor from they are they did that character but they are not that character in real life and they don't like they're not the ones if you're upset they're not the ones to attack kind of thing Especially if you're, like, sexist and you just want to be upset at females for ruining what you thought was yours when Star Wars is for everyone and it actually was meant for kids. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely a kid. The kids, that, you can tell it's for kids. It's, it's for kids slash families. It's not for, like, just because you were a kid in the 70s and you love it and you're now an adult and you want it to be for you as an adult doesn't mean that's what Lucasfilm wants. And... <laughs> It's just things like that. I think that there's a lot of people that have a hard time separating reality from a fandom kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, you, you got to remember, like, this isn't exactly for you or whatever. Like, the people making the movie are in control. Yeah. But anyway, don't attack actors and actresses unless in real life they're just terrible people and they need to be corrected. But the what their character does is not really up to them. Agreed. Raises drink. <laughs> Raises drink. Clink. <laughs> you gotta say off the soapbox. Okay, I'm off the soapbox now. I've stepped off of it. Okay. You can cut out if, some of that if you want to, but no. I've stated it. No, I mean, it's, all it. it's all good. Okay. I can't wait for uh, Kelly Marie Tran to do more things because she's yes. fantastic. She's supposed to be in Monsters at Work, the uh, series based on Monsters Inc. Oh, fun. So I can't wait for that. I, I need it to come out. I think it's supposed to, I think they officially announced it to come out in June. So I can't wait for that. Thanks, Deanna, for the wonderful conversation on this movie. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Can't wait to have you back on the show. I've talked to you about some, some ideas. So it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. 
you've not seen the last of me <laughs> <laughs> or heard of the podcast. <laughs> oh, they can see us. They they can see us. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Um, plug your plug your stuff again. Podcast with my friends is Faith Trust and Pixie Dust. We're also we share a website with One Geek Four One One. So if you go to onegeek411.com slash like Faith Trust and Pixie Dust, you'll find all of our episodes. Hopefully, we'll post some new episodes sometime this year. <laughs> <laughs> so Twitter is at FTPD underscore podcast. Facebook is at Faith Trust and Pixie Dust dash podcast. If you look up One Geek Four One One or First Geek Four Eleven, you can find me on a lot of those sometimes um what else uh oh my personal stuff is my twitter is at deanna 790 and i think instagram is at zero or at deanna 0790 <laughs> because you know i don't have a fancy um username for those but yeah cool kind of a mess but <laughs> you'll find it somewhere yeah i'll and i'll i'll put links to everything on uh, yeah. on the on the show notes for this and on uh, our Facebook which you can find Disney Versus on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus on Twitter at Disney VS and on Instagram at Disney Versus Podcast hashtag Disney Parks Cookbook Challenge um, this past weekend I it was popcorn weekend so I made mm-hmm. maple popcorn caramel popcorn and perfect popcorn and Mm. oh my gosh i never want to eat popcorn again until i make the (laughs) star wars outpost popcorn for may the 4th oh nice you guys should check out his stuff because he's been cooking a lot i'm just surprised like i don't know that i cook normal meals for myself that much yeah it's (laughs) but some of them look pretty good it's interesting it's it's a lot of fun it's it's challenging to figure out and use things that i have never cooked with before like I have, I went and got steaming baskets for something that I'm gonna have to cook in the future. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to buy an ice cream machine. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to wait until the summer to do that because it makes the most sense to make ice cream and frozen things in the summer. And they're selling those everywhere, like in Walmart. Yeah, it's. I'm excited. I enjoy see, seeing your posts about it. I was like, what did you make this week? <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm gonna make next. I'm actually, I may on Monday night. I may do. Uh, something with tater tots. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of different tater tots things. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. If you give us a five-star review and leave us a comment on iTunes or Facebook, I'll read them on the air. Womp womp. There's nothing new, unfortunately. (laughs) Grace will be back next episode. She's in the midst of... uh, finishing up grad school so send her all the good vibes let it, let mm-hmm. her know that you miss her <laughs> everyone be safe out there we are still in a pandemic uh, wash your hands uh wear your masks social get your vaccine when it's your turn yes get your shots if you can everyone just be excellent to each other yes thank you for listening as always and we will see you guys next episode <laughs>